Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is a zombie breakdancer in a penguin suit, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Pop quiz, what's your favorite dish? It's fish, bitch. Mother flipper. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Today we are reviewing Anna and the Apocalypse, the movie that gave me my first hit of Christmas serotonin of the year. Like I was right? like, mm, Christmas season. It's still <laughs> half a year away, but I'm already, it's got me in that Christmas state of mind. Yeah, you know, it's just a little, it's a little Christmas teaser just to get you through the rest of the year until actual Christmas season. Right, right. Oh. Christmas, it's going to be crazy this year, I think, because I think a lot of people will be vaccinated by Christmas. I think, you know, most people who want it will have gotten it by then. Mm-hmm. And so it's unlike last year, which it was very strange, which, believe it or not, this movie played a huge role in my life over the last Christmas. Because the guests that we had had seen it right before they came and drove up from L.A. listening to the soundtrack. So I had heard them sing these songs before I had ever seen this movie. Which is, you know, when I, I, part of why I picked it, because you didn't know it, but also when you told me you'd heard all the songs, I was like, ooh, this is going to be so fun if her only experience is hearing other people sing them, you know, out of context and out of plot, and ooh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it it, it was, yeah. (laughs) The answer to that is yes. (laughs) So how have you been, Marzi? What have you been up to? Catch me up. I have been good. I've been up to not a whole lot. Fair, fair. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, could be worse. That's true. I had my first hangout post-vaccine, which was really fun and weird and cool. It's weird because it wasn't weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, I mean. very natural to have people in my home again after a year of being like, <laughs> anytime <laughs> I saw someone walk by outside without a mask, you know? But yeah. Yeah, I'm re- I think we talked about this last time, too, about how it's, like, getting reacclimated back to what we were doing yeah. a year ago, mm-hmm. you know, over a year ago, and mm-hmm. living that way, and how different that's going to be. As weird as it felt in the beginning to wear a mask, it's going to feel weird to not wear yeah. a mask. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to wear a mask for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I because... don't know what things are like in California, but in Oregon, they're talking about how even even when we get to that you know, whatever the the percentage of people vaccinated that they want to hit, they're still going to require masks in stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I mean, we're never going to hit 100% vaccinated. No, we probably know? won't even hit herd immunity because of yeah. all the vaccine hesitancy. Yeah. Selfish assholes. Which is fine, whatever. I'll keep wearing a mask in the grocery store, but if it means that I can hang out with my friends, you right. know, in the yeah. same room. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not the person who has to worry, really. It's the people who refuse to do it are the ones that are putting themselves at risk. Yeah. But it just sucks that we have to even think about it because people won't just get the fucking shots. Yeah. Just get them. Just get them. It's not the most fun thing in the world, but you know what is the most fun thing in the world? Having fun again. (laughs) Having (laughs) fun is the most fun. (laughs) Because you know what I want? I want bars again. Oh, yeah. Bars. I mean, people are going to go. They've been going. Bars are a thing. But but I want Pope House and I want to not feel like a selfish yeah. asshole for not wearing a mask. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, but hopefully soon. Hopefully soon that's the case. I know that our little crew is all going to be all vaxxed out soon enough. So we'll all be together again. That's the important part. Yep. For me. Yeah. I know that is actually a selfish asshole move because I'm like, Whatever, I want the vaccine dude. just so I can be with my friends again 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think it's selfish to want to see the people that you love again. I think, especially since we'll be doing it responsibly. So, no, fuck it. (laughs) I don't care. You know what? I want what I want. I want what I want. And what I want is actually not only not harmful, it's actually good for other people. So... And plus, and I've told a lot of people this, I'm like, you know, most of my friends live in different places, so we depend on being able to travel in order to see yep. each other. Yep. It's not like, oh, I just want to travel because I want to travel. Travel is a key component to us being able to see each other. Yep. It's not just like, oh, I just want to go on a trip. I'm like, no, I want to see my fucking friends. Yep, totally. And we are. 2021, it's happening. That's very exciting. Oh, my gosh. It's not like we're going to make this. Like, it's a fact right <laughs> it's happening this year right it's not like that oh i'm gonna go to new zealand someday it is no, no we're seeing no, we're each other definitely, this, year. this fall i will be in your city yeah that's happening this year we're going yeah. to do this <laughs> like it's done huh. i don't I, I don't physically have the ticket yet but everything short of that is it's done we're ha- yeah. it's happening right yep so that's exciting i'm trying to think if there's anything else that's been really exciting been pretty boring we can we're continuing our saw-a-thon we're almost at the end of it you know two to go two to go my friend so much saw so much saw so little time i really didn't didn't see how much i really didn't see how much saw i was gonna have to see in order to get you to see saw this is becoming a riddle but We're going to summon a demon soon, so careful. I went in so excited, like, yeah, Rachel's going to see Saw, and then it started happening. I was like, oh, right, I also have to see all the Saw. <laughs> but we're almost through. We've got Jigsaw and Spiral left, and I don't know about you, but I am optimistic. It looks really good. I'm it's actually a weird thing for me to say. I'm actually really excited for Jigsaw. And I'm excited for Spiral now. I think we made it through the rough times. Ooh, and they got rough. Rough. (laughs) Rough, my friend. I think we're on, I think we're, we're on the upside of Saw. We're on the upswing. Yeah. I like it. If this was a pendulum cutting through a Nazi's midsection, we're on the upswing. (laughs) If this was a seesaw, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've been playing some Resident Evil for that same mini series that we're doing and it is very scary (laughs) i have to say if you think that horror movies don't scare you anymore play a horror video game they are still really scary yeah i mean like i like i always say i'm not big on video games but i watch the let's plays Mm -hmm. like so i've seen that what's the one with the wendigo until dawn yes yeah that's a great game yeah i watched a full let's play one of that and it was good yeah, because sometimes they're just really good horror movies, right? Yeah. They're interactive horror movies. That one especially, because it's largely quick time events, so it's it's very much like a movie. And they modeled all the characters to look like the voice actors. Yes, so it's like them. Hayden Panettiere and Mr. Robot. And... Yeah, and, uh, oh, what's her name? Olivia Wilde, I think it was. All right, cool. So, yeah, that's what we've been up to. All right, I have a warm-up question for you. Okay. So, obviously, we're watching a musical, a horror musical. And I wanted to know, what horror movie do you think would be improved or that you would like to see turned into a musical? Ooh. Okay. You have to know okay. that I clearly went, what would be the goofiest answer right now? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And this might not be the goofiest answer, but in my head, it's it's 
pretty damn goofy. What if Hills Have Eyes been a musical? <laughs> oh my god! That would be because I'm thinking about the solo songs by the villains. Right, exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> and then the group numbers where they're just like the hills have eyes. <laughs> to nuclear fallout <laughs> right oh that would be so good yes oh that's that's a great answer <laughs> that is a great answer i i should have thought ahead since i was asking this question but i'm trying to think of which one i would like to see a musical of and i think hmm maybe because i like your idea of just going like what's the most ridiculous thing you can think of hmm what about Aliens, the musical? Oh. <laughs> you know how they have the Greek chorus, but the Greek chorus could be either xenomorphs or facehuggers, or maybe even Little Shop of Horror style of the eggs. <gasps> oh my gosh. Right? I can totally see this. And there would be a whole choreographed thing that ends with the chest burster coming out for the first time. Oh my gosh. Right? And then at the end, when she, when Ripley is getting ready to send him out the airlock, there could be some sort of duet as they're fighting yeah. it out. I was totally hearing duet. Right? Like... And then I do feel like there would have to be some sort of cast adjacent number with Jonesy in it. Yes. Where he's like, I'm the cat that stalks through the halls of the Nostromo. <laughs> no one gets past me. <laughs> that would be so amazing. I've seen, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. I'm Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I just imagine that closing duet being Ripley just being very like, get off my ship lines. Whereas the alien's just like, I just want to live. I just want my children to live. <laughs> right? It turns out this is this tragic story about the xenomorph. Yeah. The xenomorph is just like, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or even if you just had a really sad xenomorph solo where they're like, I woke up in a chest. I never chose this. <laughs> I just want my children to live. <laughs> right. Because, well, you know, a lot of musicals open with the I want song. It could take right. place at when inside the chest. Like, I just want to be free. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the open sky. <laughs> <laughs> I never chose this life, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rip out through this chest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's incredible! Oh my god. <laughs> How is this not a thing? <laughs> Man, if we get enough patrons, we are going to make Aliens the musical. Yes. We're going to write the whole thing. We'll do it like a radio play. Yes. You know? <laughs> and the B-plot will be basically the existential crisis of the xenomorph. Yes. Right? We're gonna, we are going to infuse pathos into this dude, okay? It's going to be amazing. This whole everybody just wants the xenomorph dead, but the xenomorph never chose to be on this ship. Right? You know? See, the xenomorph <laughs> is just Mr. Uh, misunderstood. Yeah. Right? The xenomorph, <gasps> the xenomorph is our Frankenstein's monster. <gasps> yes! I love it! <laughs> Friends? 
<laughs> and Jonesy's gonna be like, "No, nah, dog." <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, patron, potential patrons, if you want this to be real, <laughs> I don't know what the goal is, but some line where the xenomorph is like, "I know I bleed acid, but do I not still bleed?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Read my lips. The ones inside. <laughs> I'll go into this air vent to hide. <laughs> I'm always changing, changing, changing. Oh my God, yes. I love this idea. It, is, it was meant to be a musical. It really was. It's writing itself at this point. It's, it's too easy how this is coming together. Right? <laughs> this is what inspiration feels like. The muse is with us, people. <laughs> I mean, clearly this is meant to be, or it wouldn't be happening so organically. Oh, I mean, look at, you can't even stop speaking in rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I would be so delighted to go to Alien the Musical. Oh, I, 100%. 100% I'd be there. Oh my God, that would be so good. And we got to cast all our friends to do the parts. Yes. Oh, yes. All right, patrons. The gauntlet hath been laid. We will make <laughs> Alien the musical. If you give us the support that lets us know that this is something that you want in your life, we will It'll provide be it. Full, the longest bonus episode ever. Right? Oh my God. And now we know that we can make Larry sing on air. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'll have to make Justin be Ash, don't you think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> His sweet Canadian self will die. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure who Larry will be. I think maybe, hmm, hmm, we'll have to think about it. But yeah, we'll get all our friends to do it. I feel like Deej is Jonesy. Oh, ding, ding, <laughs> winner, winner. DJ has totally got to be Jonesy. <laughs> and then I do think we'll have to cast the voice of the Nostromo itself. Oh, absolutely. And there has yes. to be a banger space jockey song. <gasps> right yes oh my god uh-huh uh-huh i feel like there's quite a few juicy roles that anyone would be thrilled to have in this i feel like my whole outlook on life just changed it just changed right <laughs> yeah yep it's gonna be like that episode of it's always sunny but with aliens. Yes. <laughs> We're all going to get high on spray paint and glue and then write a musical. Exactly. Exactly. Zeno. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Let's just do this tonight. Let's just make a moral <laughs> Oh, my God. It's like a two-part bonus episode. The first part is where we just drink and brainstorm. Yes. Oh. And then second part is the performance. Oh, the performance. Showtime. <laughs> Stream Queen's Theater. Let's make it fucking happen, dude. Let's make it happen. Oh my gosh. That would be so what are we gonna have Eddie do with his his amazing accent? I feel like he needs to at least chime in. Maybe he could be the voice of mother. The, oh. the... <laughs> yes. And with his Boston man accent, we'll still just call it. We're mother. still gonna call him mother though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this will be great. This will be perfect. 
Oh my god, this will be so much fun. This will be so much fun. <laughs> All right, stay tuned, people. I feel like we're... The creative juices are flowing. I don't know that this... Once you start something like this, I don't know if you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I feel like that was our most productive and fun warm-up question in a long time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Very pleased with how that went. Okay. So, in that note, we're going to take a quick break, listen to this ad from our friends from Here's Johnny, and then we will be back to talk about Anna and the Apocalypse, a musical horror movie that already exists. Sound good? Yep. Cool. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. What makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks. I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right, we are back. So before we get into our review of Anna and the Apocalypse, can you please let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is? We are going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to talk about the whole thing. We're going to go into details about the whole thing. There's not much of a twisty twist to this one, but honestly, it's just a lot of fun. So, you know, I don't think it would be too awful if you knew what the whole story was before you saw it but you should watch it anyway because it's fun yeah it's a pretty straightforward zombie movie you the twist you'll find out who lives and who dies but right there... as with all zombie yeah, movies exactly. you know? so it's not, <laughs> i don't think it would ruin it if you if you went in spoiled yeah but it's fun yeah you know yeah i think that's totally fair all right so now you selected this movie why don't you tell us first of all a little bit about why you picked it so I had actually seen it before I chose it for the show, and, and it had been on my list on Hulu for a really long time, but every time it came time to watch it, I was kind of like, uh, I'm not in the mood for it. This seems like a really dumb, teeny bopper zombie movie. And then, I don't know, something about, I think it was because it takes place during Christmas, I was like, oh, this is for sure dumb. And then finally, I just sucked it up and watched it 100%. Not knowing it was a musical. Oh, so that first <laughs> that song... must have been a real <laughs> twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm watching this movie, just like, okay, so this is pretty average. And then the first musical numbers happened, and I was kind of like, okay, so I fell asleep, and a new movie started. Right? This is not what. And I don't know. It made me intrigued, maybe not in the best way the first time. Mm -hmm. to keep watching because i was like well now i gotta what the fuck am i watching and, I mean, <laughs> yeah full disclosure i think this movie's a lot of fun and i enjoy it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but and even even with the musical but i tell you what not knowing it was a musical and all of a sudden having a musical happen very very alarming yeah 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 definitely because if you're not and it, it's not a subtle musical it is no. like everybody stops and we sing a song kind of musical yeah, yeah full <laughs> high school musical style musical yeah yeah, yeah 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 so if you're not expecting that 
It's a, I would imagine it was a little odd. It was a little jarring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say. <laughs> awesome. But it did make me interested in finishing it because I wasn't even sure it was in a positive way at the beginning. Like I, like I said, I do enjoy this movie, but it took me a minute to get there because yeah. I was like, what, uh, who do you think you are, man? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And there's two musical numbers right off the bat. Yeah. Almost back to back. And yeah. it's like, where are the zombies? Um, yeah. <laughs> where's the apocalypse? And then it comes. It, in fact, one of my favorite parts of this movie when we get to it is actually a musical number. And it's the, oh, it's okay. the third one. The third one's the good one. I was like, okay. oh, I'm in. Yeah, that's about where I was like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, definitely. So let me give you a quick little background about this movie. It's directed by John McPhail, but this movie, he wasn't actually the original director for this movie. Now, do you know anything about about this at all before I get into it? No. Okay. So it was supposed to be directed by a guy named Ryan McHenry, who most he's probably most famous for he created the like there was a series of vines called ryan gosling won't eat his cereal oh my god i love those. okay so you know who this guy is okay so he did those and that's why there's a ryan gosling line in this about when they're trying to figure out who's the zombie and who isn't yeah, yeah. so that's sort of an ode to him this director because okay so in 2011 he wrote and made a short film called zombie musical it was basically a shorter version of this. And then he went on to <clears throat> flesh it out into a feature film with the help of Nason L.A. Carew and Nicholas Crum. But in July 2013, he was diagnosed with cancer. He began treatment, and a year later, he announced that he had beat cancer and began working on An Apocalypse again. But unfortunately, in 2015, the cancer returned and he passed away. Oh. Yeah. So this seemed kind of like it was the end of the road for this movie and it it sort of stalled out for obvious reasons. This was his passion project. It was something based on his story. But the producer, Nason, he basically said, you know, we can't let this thing die. We have to do this for Ryan. And so they went out and they found a new director, this guy, John McPhail, who had just come off of directing a romantic comedy that they thought really kind of fit the right tone of the piece. And it went back into production. And that's why there's lots of nods to him, like the Ryan Gosling thing. In that same scene, if you look at the window behind him, there's a heart with uh, initials in it. Those are his initials. Yeah, so throughout the movie, there's lots of little moments that are basically homages to Ryan McHenry. Aww. Yeah, so that's really sweet. And the they finished the film, obviously, and it premiered at Fantastic Fest in 2017. Uh, a lot of the cast had not even seen the movie at that time, so the first time they got to watch it was in the theater with the audience. And oh, that's kind of cool. They basically were like, this is the perfect way to see this movie in a crowd of people who are slightly drunk <laughs> <laughs> and had a really great time. So, so, yeah, that's just a little background about the movie that I thought was an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, but also kind of great that they went on and they made this movie in his honor. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But, God, I went back and watched those Ryan Gosling things. They're so freaking funny. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They're so funny. They're so stupid, but that's what makes it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mars, why don't you tell me the synopsis of this here movie? All right. So this movie takes place in a town in Scotland called Little Haven. Our main character, Anna, 
is a high school student. She's about to finish. And we open with her and her best friend, John, being driven to school by her dad, who also works at her school as a janitor. So they're all going to the same location. And John spills the beans that Anna is planning on not going to college right away. She's going to travel. And dad has a huge problem with this. And it kind of just, I don't know, it just sort of, it's one of those, like, we're showing what our relationships are with people. Anna's very, like, I want to get out of this town. I want to see things. John is clearly secret, secretly in love with her. And her dad wants the best for her and doesn't believe that taking a year off from school is a bad thing. Yeah. We also kind of meet some of the other characters. We meet Steph, who is, by and large, my favorite character in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's an American who is now living in Scotland and very motivated by social causes. Mm-hmm. And so her first interaction that we see with her is with Savage, the vice principal at this time, who Ooh, is yeah. just gunning for that principal position. It took me so long to figure out who he was and why he looked familiar. Okay, can you help me then? Because yes. I've watched this movie a couple of times and I can't figure it out. He is Thoris of Myr from Game of Thrones. Oh my god. Right?! It took me forever. It was driving me what? fucking oh my insane. God. But he didn't have his man bun, so I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> You're welcome. He's got range, this guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't necessarily say in his singing voice, but in his acting ability. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, some yeah. of those notes were a real struggle. His arms must have been real sore from reaching. <laughs> <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, our first scene with Steph and Savage is... is Finding out that Steph wanted to do a piece on homelessness in their in the town, and Savage is trying to get her to do more luff pieces, and we meet Steph because she's collecting or she's going to transport donations to the homeless shelter in the name of Christmas. So she's a very social cause kind of driven person. Mm-hmm. She also shares a video production class with another one of our characters who's going to be a part of the core group, Chris, who. I mean, he's just like he's a goofy AV kid. Yeah. He's a sweet little dum-dum. Yeah, he just wants to make his movies. And uh, we don't meet her quite right away, but the last member of our core group is Lisa, his girlfriend, who's theater nerd. Mm, Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So right around here is when that first musical... Oh, oh, and we meet Nick, who is, right? Yeah. Yeah, Nick Nick the Dick. Yeah. Yeah, who is Anna's ex, sort of? Which I did not realize till almost the end of the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must have missed some bit of dialogue or something. I just thought he liked her, like there was a flirtation. I did not realize they actually had a thing. Yeah, I mean, they don't use words like breakup until towards the end, but there's a conversation about them be, having been together it's it's when they're in the cafeteria and lisa's like oh who would be dumb enough to ever go out with that guy you know and then she's like oh my best friend that's oh, sorry sorry i was interpreting that as she had a crush on him i i misunderstood that that's a me error no i mean honestly that's how i i saw it the first time i watched this movie too i didn't pick up on it until so maybe it's just because i had prior knowledge but i don't know anyway so Nick is Anna's ex, and he's also a huge asshole. Huge asshole. 
But it's right around here where we get our first musical number, which was the first time I watched this movie. It was right around here where I kind of really quickly looked up and was like, what the fuck? But <laughs> it's um basically a song of everybody just feeling out of place and held down by yeah. the society that is high school, I suppose. Yeah, it's the I want song, right? Where it introduces yeah. what their tension is, what their character arc is. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so after that, we find out that there is a Christmas talent show kind of thing going on that Lisa is singing a song in. Steph has recruited Chris to go with her to film a video about the homeless issue. And Anna, and I think, I don't think John's working. I think it's just Anna, but he goes to, they both work at the same bully alley. And I think he's just kind of hanging out with her there because he likes her. Mm -hmm. So the only person who ends up at the, the Christmas show is Lisa. And over the course of this night, zombie things start happening. Yeah. You know, we get that scene where Savage hears someone banging at the door and he's trying to pull his leg. I demand that you stop banging at this door right now. And then it stops. And when he opens it, he, you know, he doesn't see it, but there's blood smears on the outside. Yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doors and stuff. This is always one of my favorite parts of a zombie movie is when it's starting to pop off, but people don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. it's it, i mean yeah. it's a zombie movie trope but i always i always enjoy this yeah i do love that part too it's not even really tense or anything but it's just like the ooh, they're starting to see signs yeah i've had nightmares about zombies and the nightmare is that i know what's happening and nobody believes me oh okay yeah i don't know if i dream that way because this is the part of the movie i like or i like this part of the movie because i have this omniscient power as a viewer that i know but the characters don't and so there's an innate tension there for me i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah find yourself friday that's that's what we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm right there with you i don't i i mean i don't really know exactly why i love it but i love that part yeah. where the zombie signs start showing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anna and john leave the bowling alley after escorting out a fucking the weirdest bachelor party ever when they're like yeah it's a weeknight it's my bachelor party. Let's go bowling. But sure, yeah. whatever. To each his own. Right. Wipe things, I guess. Yeah. How they do it in Scotland, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. The next morning, Anna and John both wake up, you know, clearly in their separate homes and are walking to school. And I I know this is such a how did how did they not notice a single thing mm-hmm. kind of scene, but oh my god, I love this this whole scene. Well, I mean, it plays into sort of the weird obliviousness that is innate in these musicals, right? It's kind of weird that someone would break into song and everybody starts dancing around. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. fits with the kind of broken logic of a musical. Right. Yeah. And this is also my favorite part. I love it's it. so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is really great. It, it, it reminds me of, to me, one of the best zombie movies. I don't know. It's not necessarily exactly the opening, but pretty close, which is the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I haven't seen it what okay i'm looking into this (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you need to see this okay cool 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 that's this is exciting i'm gonna shut up then just for those of you out there who've seen you know what i'm talking about you don't need me to elaborate go ahead (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we get a musical number where it is anna and john both separately walking to school until they meet up and they're both singing songs about how they're so this great new day and they're gonna it's such a great time to be alive and all this meanwhile all around them zombie chaos is happening and they don't notice it 
until they meet up there in a cemetery, I think, or a park or something, and a zombied man in a snowman costume appears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do like that this movie has some, you know, it has some some serious moments and some some emotional notes to it but i just love that it's mostly a comedy yeah and it's just this zombie snowman is stumbling towards them and john keeps going mate 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 and she's like yeah keep saying mate because that's working (laughs) yeah (laughs) or even at this part where she's trying to go to the other side of the seesaw to use it the leverage to decapitate this zombie and she's like you stay here and he's like you stay here <laughs> right, right, right. yeah the other thing i you know it's a zombie sort of staple is that there's you know hordes of zombies and then they have sort of featured zombies and mm-hmm. i thought this this to me was the best of the featured zombies for a couple of reasons yeah. i mean i think the reveal is really great where he's chewed his way through this yeah <laughs> this snowman suit snowman head and just his face framed in the snowman it's just it's a really great shot it just looks really awesome but then also the dispatching of him and the way the head is still animated inside the yeah. the, the head of the suit is really great yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah i was gonna say i do really love so anna decapitates him with the seesaw and then we get a scene of anna and john sitting on the on the swings while you know trying to I mean, John is already fully on board at zombies, and Anna is still saying no. And he's like, really? Not a zombie? And meanwhile, the animated head is still trying to bite them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even yeah, though it yeah. has no body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. So together, they decide that they're going to go to the school because they realize that neither of them have seen either of their parents that day. And both their parents were at the show the night before. So they reason that everybody's holed up at the school and that they should try to get there. And I, I do love this cut where he's like, things will be better in town, right? Cut to them standing in front of a flaming Christmas tree. Just like. <laughs> right. Hmm. Right. There's a, those are some of my, the best jokes I think in, throughout this movie is the setup of it's going to be this thing. And then it's immediately the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, the school, everybody who's at the show has pulled up inside of the, the school building, which includes Lisa and Chris's grandmother and Anna's dad. John's mom, I believe. I I don't know if they were trying to imply that that blonde woman who kept getting screen time was John's mom or not. They never explicitly say it, but they keep saying, oh, John's mom, and then they keep letting this other lady talk. So I don't know if they're trying to imply that was his mom or not. Mm. I don't know. Not super important. And Savage. Yes. And Savage is having control issues. Savage seems to be built on control issues. You think? Yeah. Yeah. He seems to be very... uh, I'm the king of this castle, but nobody's treating me like that, and that makes me very pouty mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan of Savage. Not a fan. No. no. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. So I, this, these are our characters who are in the school, and I, I don't know if it happens right now, if it happens later, but it is, I think it happens later, but heartbreaking when Anna's dad is locking the doors, and he's breaking down because he knows he's locking the door against his daughter who's somewhere out and it was yeah. just, that was a sad moment but we find out that Chris's grandmother has heart problems and Lisa is trying to you know take care of his grandma and Savage is being a dick and that's the status of things in the school we also find out that there's a military base not that far away and they're like yeah I mean we're all gonna everybody's meeting at the school and then the military's gonna escort us out also dream big <laughs> yeah <laughs> Meanwhile, Anna and John are still just trying to figure out where where to go, and they decide to go to the bowling alley where they work. And when they get there, 
Steph and Chris are already hiding out in the bowling alley because the back door was unlocked, which was John's job. <laughs> well, it was that cleaner's job, except for John could cuss her with a shoe. Oh so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe not John's job, a little bit John's fault. Yeah. So this is where Steph and Chris have been hiding since they were trying to film the homeless shelter. And so the four of them are now hiding out in the bowling alley together where they discover both the cleaner zombied in the bathroom as well as the whole bachelor party. I know. What the hell are they still doing there? Get out of here. Yeah. And they had to have been in the building because they broke through a drywall wall. You know, like it's not like they broke in from the outside. Somehow they were in the building. I don't really know. Were they trying to do that thing where you're like, I'm going to stay at Disneyland until after it closes and then I'll have it all to myself, (laughs) but a crummy bowling alley in some small town in Scotland? Oh, man. Imagine if that was your exciting, like, we're going to bowl and no one's here. Right? (laughs) Grim. Grim. But uh, this is where we get our first humans versus zombie fight, which is fun. It's fun because it's like somehow the weird bowling alley music cuts on and I do really love the smashing the head between the two bowling balls. Best kill of the movie, effect. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's what, another moment where I was like, okay. Yeah, right? And I love when Chris is trying to kill that zombie with a bowling pin or something, and he hits him, and then he's like, can you can you understand me? Oh, Are you, Chris, like, such a little dummy. I know. Anyway, we defeat all zombies, and they decide to stay the night in the bowling alley. So, our core group. Minus Lisa, decide to hole up in the bowling alley for the night. And that's where we get the scene you were talking about, where Chris and John are talking about celebrities who have been zombified. Yes. And he's just like, oh, you know, Ryan Gosling. And he's like, even if he was a zombie, he'd still be cool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, where is the lie? (laughs) Right? Yeah. The next morning, they all wake up in the ball pit, which was, I don't know, just a funny scene, especially with Steph doing the zombie hand, and actually it's just grogginess from having slept in a communal ball pit. Right, 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 right. The whole thing that they found on the news or something was that everybody's supposed to meet at school, and then the army is supposed to escort them out, but when they wake up that morning and look outside, and this is so funny, Chris looks outside, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, what? And he goes, it's snowing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chris, he's such a sweet (laughs) little dum-dum. But really what's out there is that the the army forces have now been zombified, so that plan is just not happening. Right. So, but they decide they're still going to go to the school because, or you know, Anna's very determined to still get to the school where her dad is. Chris is very uh, determined to get to the school because Lisa and his grandma are there. And Steph and John are just sort of, you know, safety in numbers sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they decide to... And, you know, honestly, it was not the worst plan, maybe, was they flipped the ball pit pit upside down and used it as, like, a group turtle. Yeah, right. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. And they are walking in a way where it's not that far from the ground, so they can drop quickly and protect themselves without causing a lot of motion attention, mm-hmm. you know? But, and I do think it's funny when they're walking around and Chris is like, well... Maybe if we play a game, it'll make this easier. You know, that's what I do when I'm carsick. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he was like, sh- shag, marry, or kill, zombie Rihanna, zombie Beyonce, zombie. I can't remember who the third one is. And <laughs> Steph's just like, kill them all, they're zombies. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there's just so many pieces of actually funny banter in this movie. Earlier, when they were fighting all the zombies in the bowling alley, and John and Anna are fending on one off with a table, and he's like, all right. On the count of three, one, two, and then she flings it. And he's like, I said after three. And she said, you said on three. Think about your words. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good dialogue in this movie, I think. 
So they're trying to make it to the school, and they hear zombies, so they drop, and it turns out to be a bunch of zombie elderly people, mm-hmm. one of which sits on Steph and urinates, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know why, if it's just the 10-year-old humor in me, but fucking Steph's face the whole time, which is just like, <laughs> what is happening? It's warm plastic. Yeah, she's like, it's okay, you're fine, it's plastic. It's warm plastic. <laughs> is she pissing? <laughs> but they do also attract the attention of a crawling zombie, and they're trying to not let the zombie into their little ball pit protection zone. When the ball pit is flipped over, and it's none other than Nick and his super fun friends who have been having the time of their life. I'm not a fan of Nick. <laughs> uh, nor should you be, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get another musical number of Nick and his friends just kind of bragging about how good they are at killing zombies. Mm-hmm. All while Anna and Steph remain unimpressed. Chris is filming the whole thing because, you know, it's neat to him and i just love john in the background just subtly flipping him the bird the whole time yeah. i'm like mm, see that's where i feel very john identified fuck right this dude. just like mouthing slowly and i'm like fuck that guy <laughs> like, <laughs> accurate correct this is the response yeah yeah after we get our our musical number nick and his friends decide to join the group on their way to the school because in his words can't let the ladies go without a real man. Good. Good. So on their way, they decide to cut through a Christmas tree lot, only it's indoors. It's like a shortcut, but while they're in there, they get just ambushed by zombies, and all of, and Nick loses all of his friends. Once they make it through to the other side, I'll have thoughts about this at the end that I will expand upon. Okay. But I know there were times when they were trying to give Nick a personality aspect that was not douchebag. And there was a moment where he was looking at his zombie friends and just being like, why didn't you run faster? You know, and he's trying to cover it up with his like, oh, well, they were idiots, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But you kind of get a moment where he's actually kind of sad that his friends are now all zombies, even though I don't think his friends were probably the nicest guys around but whatever you know whatever he has a moment again i will expand on this when we get to the end but um, this is where things are starting to kind of break down in the group dynamic Mm -hmm. where you know chris kind of attacks steph for being nihilistic about this whole thing and believing everybody's dead and nick is just you know his himself and mm-hmm. Anna, Anna's just, I mean, she's very one track where she's kind of like, I'm going to go to the school, even if it's by myself. But, you know, everybody eventually sticks together. But in this, in this part, John gets bitten and does like, I mean, and I've seen a lot of zombie movies, but I think this is one of the sweetest sacrifice yourself moves mm-hmm. where John gets bitten. Anna it has accidentally attracted the attention of all the zombies that were encroaching on the rest of the groups. And now they're all coming for Anna and John and John grabs her and backs his way through the crowd so that the zombies can't get to her. And then just flings her out on the other side while he gets swarmed mm-hmm. by zombies. And like I said, I've seen a lot of zombie movies, but that was probably one of the sweetest self-sacrifice scenes, you know, using himself as a human shield yeah, to, and then flinging her out on the other side. I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of John. Yeah, I was uh, I was personally kind of surprised. Maybe I'm naive or something, but I, I mean, I guess I should have seen it because they had kind of completed his arc at that point with her talking to him about like you are my best friend. Uh, oh yeah. But 
I was still kind of surprised when I mean, at least in the moment how it went how it actually went down, it caught me by surprise. Because there were so many other characters left. I feel like in the normal zombie movie events, the best friend, if the best friend goes at all, is one of the last ones. You know, because yeah. it's not just losing the best friend, but it's also, well, now I'm completely alone. Or I'm completely alone with that asshole Nick. You know? Yeah. It's also, I feel like, it comes a little out of left field tonally, and this is where the movie, I think, t- makes a turn. Up until this yeah. point, I kind of didn't, I never really feared for the main characters, because it didn't seem like that kind of movie and there was enough sort of you know red shirts there's enough potential body count that i kind of felt like they were safe so i think that's the other reason i was surprised by this and i was like oh this movie is a little meaner than i thought it was gonna be yeah and it it takes a more serious tone from this point out before Mm -hmm. this it's a little bit goofy it's a little bit like yes there are zombies and and Nick's friends die and whatever, but there's still, you know, there's still an element of like, oh, but this is a funny movie. And this is, I think, where it turns where everything stops being quite as funny. Yeah. You know, like you still get little moments, but it's tonally not as funny. No, definitely not. It gets much more serious here. And then obviously the people that start to kick the bucket are main characters at this point, which again, yeah. I did not think this was that kind of movie. Yeah. And this is, you know, the, that point where Anna starts becoming a final girl kind of mm-hmm. character where all of a sudden now she's aggressively attacking zombies and i did love it the first time she hits that zombie with the candy cane after this and stuff is just like oh damn like, <laughs> yeah oh something happened anna snapped mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway so they do they make it to the school where savage has made some decisions it seems he's he had a conversation with Lisa where he kind of went into that whole, the human race needs to be thin. Yeah. This is about survival. It's not about, you know, help, helping the, you know, or, or what was the weird word? He, or the weird way he put it. Where it's it was time like, to like cull the herd. It's, it's about yeah, culling. Like sur- survival of the fittest and that kind of thing. Because Lisa this whole time is trying to take care of Chris's grandma. So she's just asking is there something we can give her? She's got a bad heart, you know? And he's just like, this is about survival of the fittest, you know, kind of implying that grandma doesn't deserve things because she's going to die anyway. When the group gets to the school, like the first person they interact with is Savage, who's in such a creepy way, sitting at the front desk by himself, eating his Christmas dinner. Yeah. And just being super fucking creepy and just being like, I bet you want to see your families right this way. You're like, oh, yeah, let's go to a second location with this man. He seems <laughs> right. <laughs> he immediately locks them in a cafeteria at, with a bunch of zombies and then blows a whistle to attract their attention. I mean, and then he sings his song about, I don't know, wanting to be important, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he really goes full mustache twirl in this last act. Yeah. Yeah, and that man is flexible. How many times he, like, hiked a leg up? I will high? say like, his kicking... high kicks were very impressive. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our group of survivors is fighting off zombies, and I did kind of like when they were on the other side of the table on rollers, and the table just kind of keeps getting pushed back and forth across the room while they're like, I don't know. They do eventually make it out of the room, and that's when they come up, and they get separated. So it's now Chris and Steph and Anna and Nick. Anna and Nick, they've decided they're going to find her dad. Chris and Steph are looking for Lisa and his grandma, which we find 
in a hidden in a closet and for, you know you get that shot where you think that lisa maybe is a zombie because she's just sort of sitting there and then it turns out that she was very very sad because chris's grandmother has died of a heart attack because savage let the zombies in and everybody had to run and hide you know and sad mm-hmm. sad, sad, sad. Mm-hmm. but while here they come up with the plan that steph realizes her car keys are in Savage's office from the day before when he confiscated them. So they decide that they're going to go get her keys so they can get her car. That seemed a little... He took her keys. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Not legal. Right? It's, it's, it was weird. Especially since she just handed them over. Like, you know, when you get caught with your cell phone in high school and they're like, well, it's going in my drawer until the end of the day. Even that, I feel like, has been contested. <laughs> by parents but car keys and his whole like you know what i said you park your car in school property and it becomes school property i'm like that's not how that works (laughs) right right that's not that's not that yeah he's an interesting character there's one thing we we talked about really briefly but i should have pointed out at the time where the first time there's somebody banging on the door and he goes to confront them do you remember this Mm -hmm. and we we get the, the blood wipe whatever but he's whispering at the door. Yeah. I, I thought that was weird, too. Are we supposed to believe that if this was a real person on the other side, that they'd be able to hear him? No, I think it shows that he's a real tough guy with his students. But then oh, when he's yeah. confronted by people who are banging on the door, he's pretending to be a tough guy, but also just whispering at them with this sort of impotent rage. Yeah, that kind of like, yeah, you, you better stop that or else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But then when it's the kids that he can boss around, he's just like, no, yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy that scene. By the way, yeah. also, that that is the other song I really liked. <laughs> was the dirty Christmas song with all the parents freaking out except for grandma <laughs> and the soon-to-be former principal who's just having a great old time. <laughs> but when the, when the crowd turns and they're like, oh, wait, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> it's a good, that's a good solid joke right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I just love sweet innocent grandma in the crowd just like oh my god she's doing so good yeah. it's like oh <laughs> grandma grandma yo cutie meanwhile while chris lisa and steph are on a mission to get her car keys that leaves anna and nick which means that we just get a lot of sneaking around and then heated conversations about how he never told anyone that they slept together, but then, and they shared a night talking about their futures, but then he dumped her, and that's why she's mad, and so basically just finally explaining the, their real whatever connection, relationship, whatever it was. <laughs> Word. And I think it's also here where we find out that Nick's dad, who's in the military, got bitten, and Nick asked Nick to kill him, essentially, so that he doesn't have to be a zombie, and... That'll mess Drama. a kid up, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't As like Nick, off. but that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since that would have been 10 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Still pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. This is not years ago when my dad became a zombie. So when Chris and Lisa and Steph make it to the room outside of Savage's office, it is just full of zombies. Steph, I, I don't know why. It's just this actor is so good at the physical comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And just doing the way she just drops straight down onto her knees before getting into the crawl position. That's just that she's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But she's crawling across the room to get to the, the office to find her keys. And that's when Chris and Lisa realize that the zombies are distracted. They're distractible. Uh-huh. 
things can catch their attention. And something about it is just so fucking funny to me. That scene where they're standing on a chair is just shaking tinsel. It's to right, try like to it's get a cat zombie. or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to get the zombie's attention. Steph makes it into the office and starts filling the backpack with contraband items that could be helpful, which includes lighter fluid and a putty knife, but does not include a still functional dildo, which how, how, why? <laughs> why was that in the box of confiscated items? Who, who was, why? I'm going to, I'm, um, I'm going to hope it was a staff member. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a hope it was a staff member. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, but she does indeed get her keys. And when she comes out of the office, she finds out that Steph and Chris have snuck behind the TV and started playing some of his footage in what will turn out to be one of the most bittersweet moments in this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. So she's trying to get them to sneak out from behind the TV and the poor, the poor two of them are just, they're not getting it. And then it was one of those things where it's like, what, what? Oh, sneak out from behind the TV, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once they start to leave, they find out that the battery on his phone, or his phone, his camera's dying. And so the video stops and the zombies start reacting to things around them. So they have to stay there and play the video. Steph makes it across the room safely, but Chris and Lisa do not. And they both get bitten. And just that scene where they're now separated by a horde of zombies with Chris and Lisa on the inside of the room and Steph on the the exit door side. And it's just so sad, that scene where Chris and Lisa are figuring out that they've both been bitten. And then they're just kind of like, well, here's this. Mm -hmm. Oh, so sad. And we just got done with a conversation between Chris and Steph because Steph feels like she has no friends, right? Her family abandoned her for Christmas. They didn't want her to go to Mexico with them. Girlfriend won't meet her. And she is used to not having friends because she's just very straightforward and she knows she rubs people the wrong way but Chris yeah. is like well you have us now now we're friends and then 10 minutes later yeah you know and it's just that sad wave from across the room and- yeah 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 that's what I'm saying this movie is very light-hearted and then all of a sudden it takes a turn and it's like well here's the knife now I'm gonna twist it now I'm gonna twist it again yeah. I know and then Chris asking Lisa like oh what do you think of the footage and it's just footage of the five of them being friends yeah you know mm-hmm. and she's just like oh i really love it that's where the bittersweet because you get all this footage of them just being happy friendly teenagers being goofy together meanwhile chris and lisa are you know accepting the fact that they're both about to be zombies and then the sad wave across the room and oh yeah it's pretty grim it's pretty grim yeah 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 because <laughs> it takes the two sort of sweetie characters and just offs them in a one-two punch yeah mm-hmm. and so sad But on the Anna and Nick front, they enter a room that has zombies in it. Nick does the thing where he's like, I'm going to distract them and lead them away. You go find your dad. And so Nick disappears being chased by zombies, singing his own theme song, by the way. And Anna continues on and finds out that Savage has kidnapped her dad. Again, in a movie where you kind of just have to accept the things that aren't believable. Just tied him up with Christmas lights. (laughs) And somehow... Somehow her dad is just completely incapacitated Mm -hmm, by this. mm -hmm. But this scene has one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah. Because it bothers me so much all the time. Anna makes it into this room, assesses the situation, realizes Savage is a complete psychopath. Her dad is being used as bait for zombies. And she puts her hair in a goddamn Oh, yeah, that's true. This is something we have talked about in the past. Uh, I mean, it makes no sense to me that it took her until this scene, but 
At least she did Yep, yep. Super happy about that. Although this was not one of my most favorite musical numbers, but whatever, that's fine. In the end, she makes it to the stage, releases her dad, defeats Savage, but then she finds out that her dad's been bitten. Grim, dude. Fucking grim. Yeah. Yeah. Nick appears, having survived whatever he was up to. And Anna, you know, asks her dad if he wants her to quote unquote help. And Nick is like, don't, don't do it. You will not be the same. Right. If you, and her dad's just kind of like, yeah, you know, he's right. So Anna leaves him. Nick and Anna exit the building and find out they're completely surrounded by zombies. And it seems like it's the end. And then Steph appears and bam, saved your life. Yeah, that's a great line. That is a great line. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And the three of them drive away, and it just ends on that. So where to next? But no one knows because everything's zombies. And then we get little vignettes of everybody of you know zombie John, zombie Chris and Lisa, almost zombie Dad. Yeah. And that's the movie. That's man, what a dark ending for what is essentially up to that point, pretty light and fluffy. And then it just takes a real turn. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even end in like, but we'll give you a little bit of light at the end of this because we just went through some heavy stuff. No, nope. no, nope, no, nope, nope. it's not interested in that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right. So, what do you think of this movie? I really like this. Oh, movie. good. I think it's fun, you know, and I do like that it's not just one tone the whole way through. I like mm-hmm. that it kind of does a couple of different things. The thing I was gonna say about Nick is that what. I would be interested in is if it was a series and then we got to see if Nick's character changed because I think they were trying to imply that there's more to him than this really awful personality set. It's just that, you know, he's got trauma, he's got emotional problems. And I feel like much in the way of the 100, you know, where there are some characters that we hated in the beginning, but then became sympathetic over time would be interesting to see if this was a TV show, not being a TV show. I don't really care for Nick. Yeah, I, I, one of my biggest beefs with this movie is the Nick character. They seem to try to redeem him in a way that is annoying to me because he, he's a bully. He doesn't do anything. He is a. He doesn't do anything to deserve to be redeemed. No, he doesn't do anything that deserves redemption. I mean, he does a thing where he distracts the zombies for her, but it doesn't. It rings so false when it happens that I was just like, no. He sings his own theme song while he's doing it. So it's sort of like he's doing it to show off and not doing it to help Anna. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I And when her dad's just like, she's like, he's not my boyfriend. He's like, well, that's good. At least I was like, dad gets it. <laughs> yeah. Dad understands. <laughs> so he was my biggest beef. On the flip side, what I do think they get right, though, is the friend character. And that he, in the end, stays in the friend zone. Because one of my most hated tropes is the nerd gets the impossibly hot girl because it reinforces this idea of male entitlement to women. Mm-hmm. So I think that they got right. And the way that they handled it felt really good in that she just says, you are my friend. She doesn't reject him in a cruel way. She does it in a very assertive and clear way. And his response is, of course, disappointment, but acceptance. And he doesn't like, well, fuck you then. Put me in the friend zone. I put in all this time. No, he still sacrifices himself for her because at the end of the day, they were friends. Yeah, they were best friends. And he wasn't entitled to her romantically. And so I think that actually was handled really well and was one of the high points for me in terms of characterization. I think Mm -hmm. that the acting in this is really good and the production values are really high. The movie looks really great. And even though these aren't necessarily 
trained professional dancers. I think the choreography is really fun and I think really well done. There's the the scene in the cafeteria where the school is all dancing and it, it does feel like one of those Grease 2 kind of productions, right? <laughs> so I think yeah. that's really good. And I think the singing, with the exception, obviously, of our villain, but who cares, is really exceptional across the board. Everybody sounds great. Even that dickhole Nick sounds really good in his stupid rock ballad. <laughs> arguably the worst song in the movie but whatever and so i think that's really great i think the gore when it comes is fun and splattery and i like that they aren't afraid to get pretty freaking graphically gruesome in this because i think this movie would be way too twee for me if it were not for moments of actual real solid gore you talked about yeah the best kill of the entire thing and there are a lot of good kills in this but the best one is definitely the bowling ball head smush mm -hmm. The way yes. the head cracks open in the back is so gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's what makes it fun. You know, it's splattery and ridiculous in the way of something like Dead Alive or Evil Dead. You know what I mean? It, it definitely is hearkening back to the, the fun splattery roots of the zombie movie. So I liked that a lot. Mm -hmm. I thought there were fun zombie featured zombies. We talked about the snowman was a big standout for me. And I do think that there is a... Obviously, the movie takes a pretty sad turn in the end. But up until that point, there is a sense of joy in this movie where it's very clear that people are having a great time making it. And yeah. especially when you consider the sort of the legacy of this movie and where it came from this really sad place and was a celebration of someone's life and by bringing their project to life. I think that's really beautiful. And to feel the love that is very inherent in the movie feels like a really great legacy for someone. So that yeah, I like. And, and it's not even having known that before when I was watching it, it the movie does still have a passion project feel to yes. it. It doesn't feel like we're making this because we want to make money mm -hmm. or we're doing this move because we think this is what people want to see. It does have a very like, no, this is the movie we want to make and we're going to make the movie we want to make. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows in a very good way. And I really, really like good, it. Good, good. I will say I'm not a musical fan. Once we got the zombies, I was having a better time. But those first two songs that were, I was like, Rough. I'm in trouble. Rough. When they're just teen angst songs. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that doesn't upset you that I'm saying that. Because no. I looked at Randy and I was like, I'm in fucking danger. Because I knew it was a musical and I knew that it was a sincere musical going in. And I was very nervous. But I was like, no, I'm going to keep an open mind. It'll be more fun if I enjoy this. So I want to have an open mind. Cut to those first two musicals. And I was like, kill me. Kill me. Yeah. Kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> I... I don't necessarily hate musicals. They're not my favorite, but I'm pretty neutral on mm -hmm. them. But I agree with you. The first two yes. are rough to get yes. through. Then you get to the third one where all hell is breaking loose in the background. Yeah. And there's a point where you see a zombie eat a baby out of a stroller. And I was yep. like, yep. oh, things are looking up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point for me, too. Yeah. The first two, I was like, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. But then that third song happened. I was like, all right. Okay, yes. I'll see where you're going. Because this is what I'm here for. I want the zombie gore and the irony of there being a musical over it. Exactly. That's what I want. I yeah. want the weird goofiness of, this is hilarious because she's singing a song in a musical and isn't seeing a crossing guard eat a baby out of a stroller. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I came yes. here for. Yes. So despite it not really being my type of movie, I would say for anyone that loves zombie movies and that loves musicals and they're gonna have the best fucking time with this movie so it's easy to recommend this movie 
Honestly, I even would recommend it to people who like Shaun of the Dead, that kind Mm -hmm. of horror humor mixture, because it is kind of that, you know? And I think if you can make it through the first two where it's just high school angst. Oh, girl, I was was like, we are in danger. (laughs) We are in fucking danger. If you can make it through the first two Uh and you get to the actual zombie parts of this movie, it becomes less like, oh, this is a musical and more. It is so funny that we're filling in zombie movie with honest musical numbers yeah i mean it, it's very sincere i think i thought it was going to be a little more jokey with some of the stuff and what's interesting is none of the songs are about zombies yeah, not one right? it's much more of a standard musical that happens to be in a zombie movie as opposed yeah. to a zombie movie musical because they don't everything is about internal experience everything is about emotion and desire and disappointment a lot of it is about my life is not turning out the way i wanted it to which is i mean it's kind of funny in and of itself because even though the lyrics are about disillusionment with life the reason that they're experiencing that is because there are humans eating other humans right right my life is not turning out the the way i wanted it to is that not the theme of of every zombie movie at that point where the people are like huh Did not want today to go this way. (laughs) No, no. But, I mean, I would recommend, even if this is not your thing, at least watching, I bet you could probably find just that one number on YouTube, because it's just a really solid, fun scene. Yeah. Yeah. I do do love that number. Yeah, it's really, really good. And there are are some solid laughs throughout. So, yeah, even though, like I said, it's not really my type of movie, for someone, this is going to be their favorite movie because it is very, very good at what it is doing. Very well done. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I think it looks great. I think all the acting is great across the board. Across the board. Effects are really good. The zombie makeup's really good. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, the zombie makeup and the gore are really solid. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Because I don't think this is a huge budget film, but I think they may have gotten lucky with locations because they had an abandoned school that was about to be torn down that they shot in. And they had, I don't know, some housing development in Scotland in this small town that was essentially abandoned that they were able to shoot in. And and so even though it, it probably doesn't have a huge budget, it looks really, really slick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. The other thing is the casting of uh, our main character looks like Hollywood beauty and she's lovely. She looks like she's stunning, but everybody else is adorable, but they look like real people, which I like and keeps us from veering too far into the high school musical. Nobody looks like, what is it? Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron. Efron. There's no Zac Efron in this movie and it's to this movie's benefit. Because mm-hmm. I Agreed. think if it if they did, if they, I mean, not to say that these aren't very attractive people. They are. But they don't look. They're not conventionally attractive. Yes. They're not what you think of when you think, oh, Hollywood teen stars. And that would take it even further into a teeny bopper territory that I, that would be harder for me. Yeah. So I, I appreciate I, the casting. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. I love Steph's character. I mean, all the characters were. I mean, aside from Nick is terrible. the best friend, but I mean, you know, every character had a little bit to them. That was, I mean, some of them are very stereotyped, but I don't know. I think that there's interesting character trait choices. And this is why I'm saying at the end of the movie, if this was a TV show where now we are with Anna, Steph and Nick, 
and figuring out that dynamic uh-huh. and how these three are going to fit together in order to survive. In my that's head an canon, they kill and eat Nick and then go off and live for <laughs> life in Australia. <laughs> that's my sequel. I'm just pitching that right now. <laughs> I don't know, but I like the idea of the three of them because they're so different. Yeah. And, you know, neither of them likes Nick. <laughs> you know, just figuring out what that car ride is going to be like uh-huh. is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, yeah, I say if if you like musicals, you are going to have a good time. Go for it. And I know this because my friends who love musicals are obsessed with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite dish. Um, Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was fun. I'm glad we did it. This is a movie I never would have seen if you hadn't forced me, so I appreciate you making me do it. That's part of the fun of this is just getting outside your own personal comfort zone and watching something you wouldn't normally. Yeah, and you know, like I said, this was on my list forever, and I kept skipping over it because it just, there wasn't, there was just something about it that I was like, oh, God, this is just going to be teens, zombies, I don't know if I'm, and I was kept expecting the main character to be way less interesting than Anna ended up being and just more so just the like oh I'm so sad because I'm so pretty and the cute boy doesn't like yeah I was kind of expecting that kind of character so I'm very very pleasantly surprised by this movie yes potentially that's why I like it so much because I was expecting a very stereotyped right teen movie yeah and that is not what was delivered. You know, we didn't talk about that, but that's actually a really good point that the driving force for Anna throughout this entire film is to reunite with her father is a very different take than your your typical teen musical. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times it would have been like, oh, my boyfriend, or she would have, like you said, ended up with the nerdy best friend who all of a sudden she's seen in a different life. Like he would protect her and then she would be like, oh my God, the the, I see you now as a romantic option. You are a viable sexual partner. No, yeah, no. And it, it does, it does kind of subvert all of those expectations. I mean, she's still trying to get to a patriarchal figure so we can get real woman study if you want. But honestly, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the W. You know what I mean? It wasn't a romance. Right. It wasn't a love triangle. Well, and, Let's take the fucking win. <laughs> and while we do get that scene between Anna and Nick where he kind of explains himself and says he's not the one who started these rumors or whatever, you know, whatever it was, we don't get that reconciliation scene of oh well i'll take you back or like i see you now that you're actually a very deep soul with a tortured outer you know outer shell or whatever you know she's still just like no i fucking hate you and she was also not successfully slut shamed yeah she's like i don't care about that yeah i'm the person (laughs) who made a a consensual decision and people are stupid i'm i'm mad that you fucked with my head yeah. So that's that's yeah. actually pretty interesting and it makes Anna an interesting character and and we didn't talk about it during the runtime but as we're discussing it I'm kind of evolving on her and liking her more. Not that I didn't like her, I just didn't I don't think I was in a space where I was thinking critically about her and now I am in a way that's making me like her even more. Yeah, yeah, and I do really love that scene where he's like, I didn't tell anybody about that. And she's like, that's not what made me upset. What made me upset is that you talked about oh, our future together and being with me, and then you dumped me. You know? Yeah, not typical. Super liked it. Oh, good. That's fun. That's fun. All right. Awesome. Anything else before we wrap up on our Anna and the Apocalypse review? Oh, I think I got everything I wanted to say. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Now, if you were going to watch this bad boy a third time, what would you pair with it? To drink, I mean. 
Yeah, no, I know. I just I'm trying to decide. I mean, there's got to be some sort of Christmassy thing, right? Like some peppermint schnapsy kind of thing, or I know you don't do the nog, so. <laughs> like I said, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't even like those words. Oh, nog. It's. I mean, I don't like eggs. I don't know why I like the nog. I think I'm gonna have to go with the peppermint schnapps for Anna's. What about like a peppermint? Uh, a peppermint patty. What That's that? it's from Archer. <laughs> it's peppermint schnapps, hot chocolate, and creme de co- creme de cocoa. <laughs> you know, a grown-up drink. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or we can just do peppermint schnapps straight because uh, it's fun for a while and then it gets dark. Oh man, I remember thinking, "Oh my god, this is gonna be delicious," and then drinking peppermint schnapps, and it was not. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. really upsetting. And let me tell you, it's not as refreshing coming up as you would think a peppermint beverage would be. <laughs> it's very upsetting and compromised when it returns. Yeah. The thing being that it's peppermint both times. It's just that it's only pleasant once. <laughs> right. It's, 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 it is, it may be peppermint, but it is not fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the reanimated peppermint. It is. <gasps> so I guess. The thing you pair with it is peppermint shops that you then throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we did this all in what we're gonna have to cut. Are we? I thought this was all going in. Oh. Should we... It's all it's going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the drink of choice to go with this movie is peppermint schnapps, because for a while it's great, but then when you start <laughs> when it comes back to life and comes for your soul. Yeah. Not quite so You'd rather pleasant. have a baseball bat to the head. <laughs> Still peppermint themed, but definitely not pretty anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. Awesome. All right. So, listeners, what did you think? Did we get it right? Do you have some thoughts? Do you just want to say, hey, all of these things are acceptable. Drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com, or you can hit us up on the Zombie Girls Facebook page, or hit us up on Twitter at ZG Podcast, or on Instagram at ZG Podcast, plural. If you are looking for something to watch tonight, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar on our website. And if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And if you're a nerd and you want to watch me play Resident Evil or other video games, you can follow us at twitch.tv forward slash zombie girls. If you want to look awesome, wear one of our t-shirts that you can buy at tpublic.com forward slash zombie dash girls dash podcast. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. Hit us up there, and you will get such exciting things as our extended podcast, because every episode on the network is extended if you are a patron. And today we're doing something a little fun. On theme, we're going to have a little trivia about horror movie songs. (laughs) Then we're going to put Marzi to the test. Now, don't worry, Marzi. It's not as daunting as it seems. Okay, because it seems pretty daunting I'll be like, at this point. What in time. composer wrote the score <laughs> for Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven? No, we're not doing all that. Name the classical composer that inspired the theme song <laughs> yeah. too. Exactly. In what key was that? No, <laughs> no, it's name the predominant instrument used in the Jaws theme song. Yes. Yeah. 
Who are they using automatopoeia? No, I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, seriously. Or, no, what is it? Iambic pentameter. Automatopoeia is yeah. totally different. No, this is a much fun, more fun, and much more dumb, <laughs> much more dumb <laughs> trivia game. So, so yeah, hang out for that. And uh, I guess that just leaves what our plan is for the next episode. Oh, let me just quickly once again plug our collaboration with Here's Johnny. We are almost through the Saw series now, but we still have Spiral and a couple of others coming up. So, if you have not already jumped on board, you should. It's on Here's Johnny podcast. Check them out. We're having a ton of fun. At the, I mean, you should come for the musical number. I was going to say, ironically, at this time, <laughs> the second episode involves singing also. So connected, full circle. Oh, and it is, it is a monumental moment. You do not want to miss. <laughs> Speechless. I was speechless. I was seriously just like peeing my pants. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's it, because it was a combination of just like the thing being funny, but also just like the total despair. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and the total regret. <laughs> and just poor the shattering of poor Larry's innocence where he was like, I thought this was going to be fun and innocent. <laughs> hoisted on his own petard see this is what he gets he should know we are bad when we get together you me and justin we are going to get up to no good shenanigans will occur really and you know larry's great but he really should have really should have taken into account who was gonna be i mean i guess we only see ourselves see the world through our own worldview and we expect similar things of others he is a grown mature person <laughs> so he does not expect us to be absolute fucking children at every opportunity <laughs> so really i mean it's his own fault but also i can't blame the guy <laughs> Right. <laughs> it speaks to his character. You know what I mean? that it he, does. That he, it that does. He thinks that we might be able to reach a, reach a maturity bar. <laughs> that we do not. We are. We are Aww. limboing right under that thing. All right. So yeah, check that out. And for our next episode, I'm going to pick a movie that I have actually not seen. So I. It may be good. It may be terrible. Let's be honest. It could go either way. My track record is divided. <laughs> oh, historically. Historically, when we watch a movie that neither of us has seen. We get into trouble. So, yeah. It's a pretty big crapshoot. So we'll yeah. See. I mean, once in a while I'll get it right. But then another time I'll pick Surviving the Hollow Shoals and let's watch it 9,000 times. You know, so you just never know. <laughs> you just never know. We're gambling. But I always see this movie listed on lists of things people really like. So fingers crossed. It is the movie Hell House LLC. Okay, no, I haven't seen this. Okay. So, yes, it's on Prime. So, pull up your Prime account, have at it. Hopefully, it's good. Fingers crossed. I'm excited. I'm always really excited for the ones that neither of us have seen. Yeah. It's so much more a mystery. Right. Right. I mean, it could really go either way, but I'm cautiously optimistic based on the things that I've said people say about it. There's always, you know, the edgelords are like, nothing scares me. A lot of people are like, this is really scary. I'm like, okay, fine, let's see. All right, so here is the synopsis. Five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and the staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Is it one of those found footage type movies? It you know, might be. It... it sounds like it might be. I mean, be. a documentary crew sounds like found footage. 
Yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. Half our listeners are like, well, I'm out of here. Because I don't know. People, <laughs> like, people have, feel, have very strong feelings one way or the other about found footage. Really? I personally I mean, I like love. It. I, I do too. I, I enjoy but... it. I think it's, it, it, when well done, it makes the movie scarier. Yeah, well, and I think that it's just, it's refreshing to see a horror movie that's not, you know, that's shot differently, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, is all I'm saying. So, so I like them every once in a while. I'm not saying that I only watch found footage horror movies, but, you know. I like them I like for them. the same reason I like first person survival horror games. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, it makes you feel a little bit more like you're in the movie if it's well done. Yeah. And if it's just mm-hmm. shaky Agreed. cam and everybody's throwing up, that sucks. But if somebody who, like, <laughs> I, I do think there is an art to it. And when it's done well, mm-hmm. you know it when you see it. So, fingers crossed, this is one of those. Yeah. Now I'm excited. Yay! Oh, that makes me happy. Okay, good, good, good. Because sometimes, you know, I don't want to give you homework where you're like, fuck. <laughs> so hopefully this one will be good and it'll, be, it'll fall into the hidden gems category. All right. So that is it for us this episode. Unless you are sticking around after the music for our extended episode if you want to do that become a patron mars take us out thanks for coming back we are going to be watching hell house loc on amazon prime so check it out and uh come back in a couple weeks and we'll talk about it thanks everybody Bye, everybody night folks <laughs> yes i was hoping you were gonna say it i was like she has a catchphrase i hope she never forget <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Metzman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links.